Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Joining us now in studio is the CEO of The City UK, the industry body that represents financial and related professional services. Miles Selleck is with us. Good morning to you, Miles. Good morning. What do you want and what do you fear from a Liz Truss government? Uh, so uh, we've dealt with Liz Truss uh, when she was at the Department of International Trade. She always found her dynamic, uh, always found her engaged, uh, willing to listen uh, and really keen to hear from uh, from business, uh, really keen to look at what government could do to support business. Uh, I think now as she uh, operates on a wider stage, uh, it's going to be important that we engage together, particularly from a financial and related professional service perspective, but also more broadly, to uh, look at what the strategy for the UK economy is going to be. There's a lot of sort of talk about, you know, is she going to be a free market radical? Uh, certainly, uh, my expectation is that would seem to be, there would seem to be a lot of evidence for that. Um, but what does that therefore mean in terms of tax? What does that therefore mean in terms of borrowing? What does that therefore mean in terms of measures to uh, promote growth? You know, this feels like quite a Reagan moment, potentially, for the UK, a sense of optimism. Uh, you know, she's got this all sort of doomsters, gloomsters, uh, uh, bias against people of, of that sort of approach as Boris did. But, you know, does this mean low taxes and high borrowing uh, in order to support spending? You would go so far as to call it a Reagan moment. And some people are talking about the Financial Services and Markets Bill as another big bang for the UK. Is that is that, a, is that what you're expecting to see then, Mark? So I think this is a really important piece of legislation, uh, potentially the most important we've had for 20, even potentially 30 years. Uh, so uh, government has uh, conducted a huge consultation and review exercise uh, it's had reviews such as the Hill Review, the Khalifa Review, the uh, review into the financial regulatory framework, all of which has fed into this. John Glenn, the former city minister, who I really ought to pay tribute to, who was absolutely outstanding and, and, and sort of shepherded and marshaled uh, this entire effort uh, through uh, a number of uh, months and indeed a couple of years. Uh, and what we now have is a, a very large piece, very complex piece of legislation that will look at how we take the onboarded EU ACI, the body of legislation mm. that we've taken on board from the EU, but also what we expect from our regulators as we move from being from part of a market of 500 million people to a market that's about 65, 70 million that needs to be nimble, proactive, quick, responsive uh, to make its way in the world. 
Are you worried about relationships with the EU, given that financial reform and that delicate balance that has to be struck with, you know, dealing with the European Union as well, given that Liz Truss doesn't have a great reputation for how she's dealt with EU relations in her previous job? So putting the the Northern Ireland protocol to one side, although that's a a very big thing to put to one side, because clearly that casts a uh, a shadow over the entire relationship. Uh, One of the things that I think needs to be sort of borne in mind here is that the EU and the UK have taken uh, a very different approach to financial services. So the UK provided almost overwhelmingly and almost completely a comprehensive package of equivalence measures, whereas the EU chose not to. Uh, the EU has gone down, we've had this point made to us uh, by a number of people in Brussels and member state capitals, the EU's gone down a sort of market location policy versus a market efficiency policy. Now you could argue you can do that with a market the size of the EU's. You could also argue that this is part of an effort uh, to create a uh, a much more integrated uh, European financial services system, something that is actually harder with the UK outside. Uh, the UK, because of the size of its market, because of the nature of having a, a major international, one of the world's two major international financial centres within it, has to be much more open. And that's what we want to see more of from this administration. Mm. And back to your comments about this being potentially a Reagan moment. Do you say that because the, 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 the bills that were going through the legislative process under Boris Johnson would have taken us in that direction anyway? Or is that because you see something different and and more uh, freewheeling about what trusts and and, and, and a quasi quoting uh, treasury would propose. Uh, I think it's partly uh, what we what we're going to see from uh, from Liz Truss and from quasi quoting from the engagement we've had with both of them uh, in those previous roles. What, what, known... what do you mean by that? Though? Well, so uh, look, firstly, I've known Liz Truss for thirty years, so she's always been somebody who believes in markets. She's always been somebody who's a libertarian. She's always been consistent in having that sort of approach. So I fully expect that we're going to see more of that as she uh, uh, becomes prime minister. From quasi quoting, uh, we dealt with him when he was business secretary. Uh, he was very innovative, very forward-thinking in looking at how you can tie and deal with the sort of challenges of getting financial support into life sciences, which was mm. within his uh, departmental remit at that point. Is, yeah, is this new team more likely to rip up regulation and uh, it, post-Brexit? I, I think this is an issue of re-regulation rather than deregulation. Uh, so industry, I think, is going to be much more... Uh, uh, is, is not going to support a radical deregulatory agenda. We've not seen uh, a sense uh, from people we've dealt with in Treasury or elsewhere, of an expectation of a radical deregulatory agenda. But we are in a different position now, and this is about leaning into uh, and taking advantage of what's coming down the track. You know, the the, the future of the UK as a financial centre and other financial centres will be defined by things such as digital, by fintech, by green and sustainable finance. How do we make sure that the UK is in a winning position in those areas? Everyone needs liquidity now because of those rising energy costs. Some need it for bailouts, some just to safeguard their bets. What are you hearing from your members now about the need for government help on this? Uh, so we've we've been working with government for some time, looking at what can be done to support the cost of living crisis. It's worth bearing in mind the cost of living crisis is also a cost of business crisis. This will uh, have a substantial impact uh, across the economy. Uh, but the important thing at this point, firstly, is that we get a sense of what's the scale uh, of the support that's going to be put in place by government. It would certainly seem from uh, the media coverage and the speculation that that's going to be substantial. Uh, it would certainly seem to be uh, more substantial than what we've seen in other countries. But it's also recognising this is a global issue, much of which is caused by the consequences of the pandemic and also by the uh, appalling aggression in Ukraine and the knock-on effects that that has had. So these are longer-term issues. How do we support people and businesses through the short term? What are the changes, therefore, that government and industry need to put in place for the longer term to support the uh, uh, the work that needs to be done uh, as we move into the recovery phase. 
What are you expecting to hear on the Bank of England? I mean, Liz Truss, of course, was pretty vocal, criticising the Bank of England at the start of the campaign. She seemed to walk back some of those comments a little bit later on during the campaign. Do you expect, I mean, you made the point to me earlier on today that there's nothing wrong with reviewing a mandate and, and taking another look at it. But would you expect this to be the start of a more interventionist period in, the, in what the Bank of England does? I think that remains to be seen. Clearly, there's an expectation uh, that uh, uh, government and the Bank of England uh, and the regulators are going to work more closely together. There's going to be more of a sense of direction. Actually, in some of the conversations we have with international uh, investors, that could very well be welcome because there is a sense of, you know, what the direction that the regulators should be getting from government. That's not always felt as if that's been there. Um, equally, uh, it is absolutely vital uh, that the independence, the quality uh, and the freedom of manoeuvre uh, that regulators have is fundamentally uh, uh, defended and protected. Uh, that is, uh, to a certain degree, greater in the UK than it is in many other countries. And that's one of the things that encourages people to come here, start businesses here uh, and contribute to businesses here. Now, last year, you said the LSE was in danger of becoming outdated if steps were not taken. Is that Nothing changed since then, in your view. Um, I'm not sure we use quite those uh, those terms, but certainly the uh, uh, the nature of a market of any market, um, uh, whether that's the LSE or the other markets uh, that exist here in the UK, is that they are works in progress. So the Hill Review has been extremely helpful on this. The Austin Review uh, has been uh, extremely helpful on this, um, but they are not magic bullets. They are not the solution in and of themselves. You know, we're seeing Amsterdam stepping up. We're seeing New York continuing to make progress. We're seeing the Germans uh, making some substantial progress. This has to be an ongoing evolutionary approach. The UK has to take advantage of the fact that it can be nimbler and faster outside the European Union. Uh, And this is also something where government, industry and regulators need to work together to get to compelling solutions that we can implement together. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.